0: Welcome to The Mouthpiece, episode 30, year one. Today, we're going to talk about my week in poker, and there was a lot of it. We're also going to take our phone calls. We're going to have my pick of the week. Buckle up. The Mouthpiece is next. All right, everybody, welcome to the mouthpiece episode 30, year one. We are coming up on Christmas week. Um, normally that is the slowest weekend in Las Vegas, and it is actually very slow now. But this week, it was poker was booming like I have not seen it since the beginning of the poker boom money was flowing games were everywhere everyone was was in town for the five diamond tournament there were there were mixed games no limit games plo games i mean you could play anywhere from 40 80 mix to three and six thousand mix five and ten no limit up into five and five hundred and a thousand no limit there are actually two five hundred and a thousand no limit games going this week there were oh god 200 200 no limit games that were just insane um there were 50 and 100 no limit games uh which i played in a few uh and then there was a tournament all week uh so i guess we can uh, go back uh to how the week kind of started um i sold half myself on u stake, uh for the five diamond tournament and i was thinking about going with two bullets but i'm one of those people that i've never had success if i didn't do well if i re-entered i just never had success it's just just something with me that just never happened so uh i i kind of told the um the guy who runs used to take that out I was like nah just put me up for one bullet and uh you know I really I felt really good going into the week I'd been playing a lot of no limit um and things were were started off really well for us uh I was literally four hands in to the start of day 1 we started with 40,000 chips and I had 65,000 after four hands which is unbelievable because we we're playing 100 200 with no ante um so I was, uh, I sit down first hand, I get pocket jacks, I get called in two spots, flop came, king, jack, blank, rainbow, check, I check, the button checks, Turn card comes a nine of spades, small blind checks, I bet like, I don't know, 800, one guy folds, a big blind calls, and the river comes a blank, check, and I bet like a thousand, and, uh, guy folded and um, that was that hand I pick up like about 1500 and uh yeah six six and nine was that oh 2100 so I pick up 2100 first hand and you know I don't I don't show it but then the very next hand dealt I get pocket queens uh I raise I get like three callers again uh flop comes deuce 510 rainbow deuce 410 rainbow um my girl's sitting next to me thinking, How does Mike remember every hand and all these flops? I know what she's thinking right now. But it's just, you know, that's what, the only thing I remember. I don't remember what I did yesterday, everybody, but I remember hands every hand I play. I don't know, my brain's fucked up. So uh so flop came deuce four ten. Uh so I bet uh since I had three callers first like six hundred, so there was uh twenty four hundred in the pot, I end up betting twelve hundred at the pot. I get one caller uh the turn card comes a four uh I then bet 2500 and I get a caller and then the river comes like a nine and I bet 4200 and I get called and so I pick up uh about 8,000 there so now we're two hands in and I'm I'm up 10,000 my fact I know I was up 10,000 I looked at my stack I counted it and I was 10,100 after two hands and I was just like and I kind of like sh- show him my two uh, when the, I had to t- turn it over when the guy called the queens and so the next hand I fold and then the next hand I pick up pocket jacks again and I raise and I get three callers again. And by the way, uh, that sounds kind of crazy, but I w- this was a very good starting table. I'm, i I always like to cry about how bad the starting tables I get because I do get horrible starting tables, but for the five diamond tournament, which I knew was going to be a very tough tournament, uh, getting a table like this, I was like, wow, this is great. So, uh, I raised with, uh, two jacks um get like four callers the flop came down uh seven nine deuce uh the guy in the small blind leads out i get a caller in between i make it 2100 uh he calls turn card comes a jack check i bet fifty eight hundred like almost pot, he calls. When a card comes a um a five, which makes six eight a straight. Uh and the guy let out for five thousand. Now it everything to me said blocker bet, you know, but who knows? I mean, maybe at six eight, you know what I mean? Um I didn't think there's any hand I raise with here that I get called with. So I just call and he shows me ten jacks. So he led a gutter ball, called the rays, hit his hit us hit my hit a jack that made me trips and I get full pace. So now um he was the one that paid me off with the Queensland before, so I I know this guy's a fish cake in the game. So uh I looked down, I got sixty five thousand. My I was telling the table, I'm like, you know, the very first hand I got dealt were jacks too. So I've had jacks, queens, jacks, three out of four hands. I'm like, and I'm like, I don't know if this is good or not. I'm like, when you catch cards like that early in a tournament, it's usually never a good sign. But then again, when you catch hands like that, when there's 100, 200, no ante, and you you stack up 25,000, almost 60% of your stack, you know, that's like, that's unheard of either you know because mostly i'm playing small ball i'm never betting those like that kind of chips you know 100 200 with no ending so i felt really good and then i went four hours without dragging a chip like i'll call raise any two suited connectors i never even i mean if i called with seven eight of clubs the flop came 10 jack queen i mean if i call a raise with five six of clubs the flop came nine ten jack of diamonds i mean it was just like i never hit any part of any flop and then i probably opened what was really weird is like i was playing norm my normal really snug especially early on i went like maybe an hour and a half without even entering a pot and then i raised under the gun and got seven callers how good is this game you don't play a hand for one for an hour and a half you raise in under the gun and you get seven callers i mean i had ace king suited i mean the flop came five six seven i'm not in my suit so i didn't lose anything but i was like i te- i had just texted a friend of mine i'm like yeah this is supposed to be the toughest tournament i'm like i haven't played a hand in an hour and a half i raised on in the one hole and i just got seven literally seven callers like the whole everybody at the table called so you know i said well he ain't gonna ever bluff anybody in this game, so you better just kind of snug up a little bit. So I kinda blinded down to like forty one. Uh I've picked up a few hands. Uh you know, we're we're now playing about uh I think we're up to two four hundred, uh, with four hundred ante. Yeah, and I picked up a few hands. So now I I I built myself back up to fifty four thousand and um I was cruising along, probably happy, liking the way I played. And, uh, and then came the hand that I, uh, tortured myself for about three hours over. Um, and I have this kind of rule, which has really helped me mentally, which is try not to think about anything negative that happened more than two hours in the past. And uh, my girlfriend had to remind me of that because I couldn't get it out of my mind how I fucked this hand up. Uh, but I'll tell you guys what happened. Uh, so the, the hijack raises, the cutoff calls, and I had two black sevens on the button, and I call. And the blinds folded, and three of us take the flop. And the flop comes king four seven with four seven of diamonds. Um, the raiser checks. Matt Affleck, who called the raise, he bets twenty one let's see 20 you bet like 21 into like 3600 and I make and I make it 6700 right on the flop right the boards draw heavy they they could think maybe I have king something of diamonds Uh, a lot of hands like you know I could have but I'm one of those people that love to bet my hands when I have it because all the other people like to slow play their hands and If you raise the flop, they never put you on a big hand. They put you usually on a draw or top pair, maybe a draw, whatever. So when Matt Affleck called 4,600 more, I mean, every single sense in my body says he's got the nut flush draw because one thing I do know is Matt Affleck knows me that I'm not usually the type of person that will raise a draw. You know, Maybe I raised King, Queen of Diamonds. But other than that, you know, you know, the, I, I I just, I just felt he, he has flustered. So now, of course, the nine of diamonds rolls off, and I I know that Matt knows that I like to play small ball. That I'm always going to check back turn. So when he, he checked the turn, I changed my mind for some god awful reason. I said to myself, well, he knows how kind of like how i play here if he's checking the turn here maybe i am wrong that he has has the nut flush draw and maybe he put me on like a king queen of diamonds uh so i decide now to bet ten thousand, and i'm looking at him and i'm like oh i'm looking right i have my sunglasses on which i don't really usually have but i just decided to wear them Cause I knew this tournament's kind of tough, and I'm kind of looking right at him, and I'm like, "Fuck, man, I fucked up." He's got flush for sure, right? So, and so now he makes it twenty-three-five, and I, I call if I call, I call, I call the thirteen-five. I still have twenty-four thousand behind, but once I bet, and he makes it thirteen-five more, um, basically. I mean, I mean, he's there's no other hand he can have. I mean, he's just no. And people are like, well, could he have ace king with the ace of diamonds? I'm like, no, because, because of the fact that from a hijack raise, he's going to three bet ace king on the cutoff 100% of the time. So, you know, I just, I just knew it's whatever. So now I had to call 13.5 more. And now I'm not even looking at the river. I'm just looking at him. And he just says all in. And it's a jack of diamonds on the river. And I just folded. And I was so incensed that I bet the turn, because if I check back turn, diamond comes off on the river. I, I can't beat it. It's just like an easy fold. It's just even 10 times easier fold. I lose zero. So I I would have finished, you know, I finished. could have finished the day with 60,000 instead of you know, uh, 37.5 that I finished the day with. I was so mad at myself. And I, I even said to Matt, I go, what do you think I have? And he said, I'm pretty sure you had a set of sevens. I'm like, good read, you know, but... Also, if he thinks I have a set of sevens on the flop, I'm like, is he going to call to see if a diamond rolls off to try and rep a flush against me? That People don't do call big raises, especially against me at a position. So he had it. I was just so mad that I no, didn't follow my instincts. And so, I mean, I think it went on for three hours, a little bit, an hour longer than it should have. I couldn't get the shit out of my head, uh, the mistake I made. But I was down to 24. Picked up a couple of Annie's. had about... Uh, maybe I had 30. And then I, uh, I I played a hand. I was really proud of myself. I, um, This time I, I did follow my instincts. Because I, I even told myself going into the tournament. Like I hadn't played most tournaments. And it's very important that I follow my instincts. It's like the one thing in life I'm born with is the instincts in poker. To just know when I'm beat or know what they have. And I'm just something i I can't explain it it's just something i have so i raised with ace 10 of hearts guy in the big blind calls the flop came down king queen four with one heart uh he checked i see bet to like 2100 he called uh the turn card came a blank he checked i then bet 5000 and he called and the river came a blank, and he checked, and I moved in for 17000 And my gut just told me he just didn't have a hand he could call with against me, who he's, he's watched play all day long. He's watched me pretty much control the pot, check back, play a lot of small ball pots. And he also watched me go crazy about me betting when I had a set of sevens. So I just felt he wasn't going to call. He he turns his chair to the side. He's looking up at the TV, and he's, like, not looking at me. He's literally looking up at the TV, turning his hair to the side. I'm, like, looking stone-faced. I'm, like, if I bluff off all my chips here after I just grenaded 23-5 in the hand, I should have checked back. I'm just going to just won't be able to live it myself. But I, at least I, f- I follow my instinct. So he comes back. He he throws a chip forward almost, and he pulls back, and it's, like, I was literally getting nauseated watching this. <laughs> and finally he folds and I'm like, Okay, yes, you followed your instincts, you were right. And I I chipped up to like thirty four or thirty five. The next thing you know, I had like I was back to forty one thousand. So it's starting stack. Um I really never had a hand after that. I I opened a few times. It was towards the end of the night. I, I picked up some blind and nannies and uh one the very last hand of that, night, I probably should have just checked folded, but I opened Jack Ten of clubs, the guy in the button makes it six thousand and I said i should probably I, I was just fucking with him like i I don't know it's either all it's it's either gonna be all in or fold. I don't know what I'm doing, but I was always folding I was just like trying to get a read if he was fucking with me or not, and I folded and he showed me two queens. So um, kind of kind of sucks to run and lose a couple ground at last hand of the night, but you know, I finished 37-5. that's going to day two of 37 and a half big blinds at 90- minute levels going into day two. Uh, so I, I felt really comfortable. Um, day two, my table draw sucks shit. It was like, open, Everybody folds, right? Or <clears throat> open, three-bed fold. Uh, It was, there was just nobody, not many people. It was not a very good table to pick up chips. But after about uh, an hour and 15 minutes, I still had 37.5 and I had not had a playable hand all day. Uh, So I was pretty proud of myself of keeping my stack size up without having any hands. Um, And and then came uh, the the, the hand that was, uh, and I've asked like, Three or four different people of what they thought of the hand and they all agreed with me and I feel pretty comfortable about how the hand went so um, I uh, I raised under the gun uh, I hadn't played a hand in forever I had um, maybe 35,000 not quite sure and I had two Queens and Joe Searock calls me in the cutoff and I he's played with me a lot. He knows I don't fuck around. If I'm raising under the gun, I got a big hand, you know what I'm saying? So, but my read on him, like originally was like pocket nines, maybe like a 10 jack suited. I, I, I didn't put him on an ace. That's for sure. Um, flop come down, ace ace five and I see bet for 2,500. So, uh, let's see i open for 25 I bet half pot uh he calls and the turn car comes a jack and now i bet 6500 and he calls and i'm just like there's just like there's no way he's calling me who never barrels when under and i never raise under the gun light you know without having an ace here so i started thinking well you know, Joe would just flat flat my under the gun raise with Ace Queen or Ace King. He would never three bet it, like, so, or even Ace Jack suited. Um, so the river, I I just decide that if he's calling my big bet here and I, I've got fifteen thousand left behind. I mean, he just has to have an Ace. I check it, and I checked it in a way where, I wanted to look, you know where if I had an Ace also a big Ace, I would I would check it to him and let him maybe bluff at it, you know what I mean? But then he puts me in for 15000 and I just don't see any way, and everybody I've asked about this, and too, they all said, good full Mike. He he probably, like half the people I said, thinks that he had ace jack and just had a full house on the turn. Um, and a lot of them even said it's very possibly at ace king, you know, uh, or ace queen, because against me, he's he's definitely not three betting me from the one hole race. So that was a hand that really kinda cost us a little bit of chips. Uh so I opened for twenty five. I bet twenty five, that's five. I bet sixty eight, I think it was, on the turn. So it's eleven eight. And then I had to fold. Uh so um after the hand I had uh yeah, uh about twenty four thousand. We went through the blinds, like two more rounds through the blinds. And um, uh, we went on break, so we went on break. I had uh, 14 big blinds, so we went to six and 1200. So, what is 14? I think I had uh, yeah, I had 17,000. I had 17,000, so um, 14 bigs is plenty for me. 90 minute levels, I was pretty happy. Um, uh, so the very first hand back, uh, a guy middle position older gentleman he opens for three thousand i don't know how to explain it but the way he opened i just my instinct said he wasn't very strong i looked down at ace jack of clubs and when you got 14 bigs and you think the guy opens is not that strong you're just gonna ship it um like i'm even if I thought he wasn't very strong, I I wouldn't have shipped an Ace-10 with so many people behind me. So, and I'm not going to ship a King-Queen or any of that. So, basically I have my range to ship him with is probably Ace-Jack, Ace-Queen, Ace-King, or 10s plus. So, I moved all in. Guy in the small blind who's been playing me all day, but they never pay attention to how you're playing. So it doesn't make a difference. Um, He just snap calls out of the big line with ace queen offsuit. And I'm probably, he's probably only going to have me beat there two out of 10 times because of how I play. I'm not yet a GTO player, something that I am actually starting to study these things just to kind of understand things that are important what the right play is if you don't have a read on somebody and all these other things so it's very important that i i'm out to learning so many people like they get stuck in their head they're not gonna want to learn things I, I i'm always the type of guy that that wants to learn things um if i feel that it can make me better because I, I i don't know if there's 10 people in the world that read cards better than me or have instincts better than me. So it's very important that if I learn what everybody else is doing and I incorporate that into my reading ability, if that just doesn't turn me back into one of the top three no-limit players in the world. So we're going to find out because I'm going to be doing a lot of work in the next three, four months on this. So, um, But he calls and um, Jack in the window with with a queen right behind it I got a little excited I might get lucky. Uh and the turn card came a king of clubs so that gave me that nut flush draw and, and a straight draw for chops. Of course I brick off and out the door I went. Um I wasn't upset of how I went broke. I, I uh I um I know for sure that the guy would would have folded cuz he snapped folded when the guy called 17,000. So he didn't even think about it. Uh so my read on him was right this unfortunate guy behind woke up with a hand and uh you know who knows you know if it's it's a re-entry tournament you know if it's not a re-entry tournament maybe the guy doesn't call it in that spot i mean who the fuck knows but anyways uh you know i i I thought i played well but i don't feel i played a plus uh day one i gave myself a c and that's including the hand that I should have checked back when the diamond rolled off. Um, I, I felt there were spots that I didn't attack. I was being a little more on the conservative side uh, because I was really important to me to try and get to day two with the 90-minute levels. And, you know, I really wanted to have around a 60K stack that I had after five minutes in the tournament. I even said it I'm like, man. If I finish the day with sixty-five, I'd be happy. That'd be sixty-five big blinds going to day two, you know. Um, there was uh, we had some guy. I mean, even the guy that gave me those chips in those first two hands, like he was down to twelve thousand. I mean, if, if I tell you guys how this guy went broke, I mean, you, I, I think every time in poker, if you think you've seen it all, you just haven't seen it all. I mean, the guy went broke. He limped for three hundred under the gun guy in middle position made it 1200 the guy behind him made it 4800 and him who had 300 in the pot limped under the gun says i'm all in twelve thousand five hundred. so we're at 15300 so he still had uh 40 big blinds you know what i mean and the guy in the middle folds and the guy at three bet calls and turns over two black kings and uh I mean, you guys will not believe what this guy turned over, that limped and four bet all in under the gun. He had three, four of hearts. And just when I think I've seen it all, I just watch a guy limp for 300. It went raise and re-raise, and he cold four bet 12,000 with four high. Of course, the flop came eight, nine, queen with two clubs have a nice day i guess maybe you're used to ship a four-bit shipping the four three of hearts and the flop coming four four three i don't know you know that was something i, I mean that was bizarre but i mean like i was pretty live at the table but even even as live as he was that was that was really bizarre and it was funny too before he went broke he goes what's wrong with this table he goes nobody's gambling I'm like, nobody's gambling. I go, I ain't played a hand in an hour and a half. I just raised under the gun and got seven callers. What do you mean nobody's gambling? And the whole table started laughing. So it was pretty funny. Um, well, yeah, I was kind of disappointing. So um, that day ended. Um, Phil called me Wednesday night and said he was pretty sure I was going to have a seat in holidays for Hellmuth. With Hellmuth. So I went to bed, got up, slept good. Uh, went down there and I'm texting him do I have a seat and he's not texting me back so now I know like the least he could say is Mike there's no there's not going to be a seat for you but there actually was a seat for me but he didn't want to make it eight-handed for me I'm like so you guys always play eight-handed but he's like well we're not going to make it eight-handed for you which is I guess a compliment you know you want to play with a bunch of morons you know but as it ends up, Phil ends up playing about the worst he's ever played in his whole life. And uh, I know a lot of people out there think Phil's just always plays bad or whatever, but he doesn't. He misplays hands. But for some reason on this Thursday, I and I went down to the studio and all our friends that we hung out and all his buddies from Florida, we were there. So we all just kind of sat around and watched poker all day. I don't, and we played Chinese poker. I don't think I've ever watched six hours straight of poker In I couldn't tell you how many years maybe I don't know maybe when I was sick in 2015 or the year that maybe it was the, now the year that I was not able to play the main event I watched a lot of poker because that was when I got that MRSA staff infection and I couldn't play the main event so uh Unfortunately, uh, I was the only time I missed the main event in 22 years, but, uh, so I was just watching a lot of the main event, um, that year, but other than that, I never watched poker, but, you know, so we all ended up going to dinner last night, um, on a uh, Thursday night after, um, uh, after the, uh, taping was done, uh, we went to a place called Musachi, uh, great food, Everybody was really happy I picked that place. I mean, I've known the guy for a lot of years. Uh, just really, really good food. And uh, to, to tap off, cap off my beautiful, wonderful week in which I think I lost about 10000 I capped it off with credit card roulette. And five of us put our credit cards in. And as normally, why would I ever win a five-to-one shot? So I had to pay 1365 bucks for the meal. So that capped off my week of uh total of losing 10 grand about 10 grand for the week which um in a normal old Mikey wouldn't it'd be like a nothing week but in Mikey's new world 10,000 is a disastrous week. And so um you know just cuz I working hard on trying to build a bank roll up, make sure I pay people off that I owe. And, uh, so having a, a 10,000 losing week is, is never good. Um, would have been nice to be in the holidays for Helmuth where I could have, uh, you know, I was going to, the funny thing was, is I was selling 50% of myself to Phil. So if he made it eight handed for me and had 50% of my, me and the game was pretty darn good. I mean, it, I mean, it would have been better for him. Instead, he had to play like a complete idiot. He was stuck 50. Then he, he's so tilted, he buys in for 50. And um, then he tries to bluff Rob Young with this huge three-bet pre flop and this huge bet on the flop. Uh, the board was king 10-7. Rob Young had king nine of diamonds. Phil had pocket deuces. And somehow, someway, a deuce rolls off. And checked, and now you know, Rob Young fell for it. He thought Phil was weak, but now Phil bets like 10,000 and a 40 on a turn. And Rob felt him as weakness, and he just hasn't played enough with Phil to know that when Phil does something like that, he has a big hand. And Rob Young moved in on him, and Phil Snap calls him. And somehow Phil played, and he'll admit it. He'll admit it. He'll tell you it's the worst session he's ever played on TV poker a lot of people listening will be like well he plays like that all the time but that's not true phil misplays hands all the time not misplays every single hand he played on the screen and uh i you know i it was funny you know he was all happy afterwards he won 24,000 or whatever and and i'm just like we're going to dinner i'm like fuck him i'm like I, i'm not going to tell him like i always do how great he played and how he won good job phil i mean we all shredded him like you played so awful and he's like i know and he kept saying i know it was the worst i've ever played i know you don't have to keep bringing it up but i you know me i i have to just hammer him on it because every single thing he tells me about like he doesn't when i find him not applying what he tells me i'm gonna call him out for it and uh i thought buying in for ten thousand at a time limping with six eight suited calling raises for like 1200 out of position when he's got only buying in 10000 at a time. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's just, but he, he was just off. Like he was sick the day before uh, where he had to get antibiotics or two days before right after he busted the vein. So, um, you know, a lot of times when you're, you're, you've got a flu in your system or you – I don't want to make excuses, you know, but there's been many times I'm coming down with something or I've been sick where I'm just – I just do just crazy shit that my brain just doesn't work right. So I'm going to give him a pass for this one, but every other time I'm going to rip on him. But it was so funny too when he stacked off and lost like a 56K pot to James Board. When the flop came like eight high, he had like ten-eight offsuit and James Board had pocket kings. And somehow Phil put 28,000 in with ten-eight 8 offsuit against James Board. That's only... Uh, Hundred and fifty big blinds with top pair no kicker when he can only beat a stone bluff, and granted James bluffed a lot of hands, but you know um, it's just it's not Phil's style. Phil's not the type of guy that gets in there with with dog shit and calls off big amounts of money. So then he was that, that 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 like put him on tilt for the whole day. Like he kept running back to us like, oh my god I played so bad. Oh my god I played so bad. and we're all laughing at him. We're like, yeah Phil that was. Really, really bad. You know, you know. anybody who's friends with Phil knows that there's nothing more fun than making fun of him when he plays bad or when he's going crazy. So, uh, but it's all good. We had a great dinner. And that was my week. Um, that's pretty much what's going on. Uh, anyways, uh, we'll be right back on the mouthpiece and our phone call segments are coming up.
1: The mouthpiece.
0: If you'd like to take part in our phone call segment, you can give us a call at 702-329-0480. And if you're a snowflake or a pussy and you don't want to talk to me, you can email me at mouthpiecepodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow me at the Mouth Matiso on Twitter for times that our call-in segment will be live okay it's my favorite time of the show the phone call segments let's see what my fans have to say this week let's light up the lines what's up man welcome to the mouthpieces mike who's this I'm uh,
2: straight from georgia what's you up to, bro
0: and yeah, not much how's it going out there
2: yeah man uh i got uh I, i've been running like lately and stuff and it's like holiday season and shit
0: me i say just stay positive man keep a positive dude i'll tell you
2: what i'll be honest with you man i swear to god i'm not just saying this Mm -hmm. uh i've been a fan like you know i do i grew up you know gambling like grew up in a pool hall and shit and Mm -hmm. then money maker started playing (laughs) poker in the bar right and then you know actually you know took it pro online and stuff and then um so I always been like, you know, involved in gambling but man, I do not know lately. I guess I got three kids and a wife and a shit ton of overhead. So it's hard to uh have a separate bankroll from uh poker and like right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I take a uh when I take and I'm not playing super big, I play two five, but right. dude somebody's two five games. Play like they're twenty five fifty sometimes yeah. because you have a mandatory twenty five button straddle and then an yeah. open raise to seventy five a three bets three hundred you know what I
0: mean so. I, I played in a two five game live at the bike uh, like three months ago I won uh sixteen thousand and four, I won twenty one thousand in two plays the game was played unbelievable I mean but the, what's it doing is like back in the back in the days and and I tell people this all the time is there's a reason why when you bought in a 25 game it was a, the max you could buy in for was 500. If you bought oh. in a 510, max you could buy in for was 1000, 1020 2000, 2550 55000, 50, 10000. There's a reason why they had it. This way they had it so the game didn't play insanely big. It kept everybody from going broke and it put the, oh. kept the money go, going down the hole. You know, now I mean, like you just said, you could be in a two-five game and like playing like twenty-five fifty. You know,
2: that's why games got tougher, bro, because you have people um, playing one-two that you know go out and lose twenty-five hundred when they used to lose six hundred. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, and I all the fish go busted in in a week's time instead of spreading it out in two months.
0: And it's the reason why all the poker rooms are empty. You know what I'm saying? And 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 you think you that you think these they would be smarter than that, but they're not. You know, and it's going to end yeah. up. It's going to end up happening in tournament poker too because they're get they're just ch- choking everybody out of every quarter with re-entries and max late regs, and eventually all the people getting staked are going to get cut off. And
2: it, yeah, that shit sucks, man. For real, I don't agree with that. To be honest with you, um, I love playing tournaments. Um, mm-hmm. I used to grind online twenty four seven for three years straight, but mm-hmm. like the main event. You know what I mean? If you Plays perfect for six days and get out of line one hand, you know what I'm? You're gone. Uh, what do you mainly play? You're mainly playing mixed games, right?
0: I I what I my whole life. That's all I've done is mixed games. But lately, um, I've been getting into a lot of really good private no limit games where it's like. It, it's really hard to lose. I mean, you, you put yourself yeah, in games that are, uh, and see, you know what? That's what I like. I, I would like, back in the day, before everybody knew how to play, it's like, I didn't go and show up, and, and see if I was going to win for the day. It was, how much do I want to win today? You know, there was right. like, yeah. you know, like I never, I, I one time won 53 out of 54 sessions, you know, uh, that's, I, that's I, like I've had two, loo- three losing months in my life, Two of them were after I got sick in the last four years, and one of those was because I went broke and didn't have a chance to to get back in action. So uh, That's
2: so crazy that you say that. It just shows how much money you won playing poker, and yeah. then I guess, no offense, don't get off doing other stupid yeah, shit. I, you know I, what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I lost, I lost 6.7 betting sports, 4.2 staking people, uh, probably another 3 million
2: partying, um... When, mean, you, when you when you stakes people, did you have like agreements like with makeup and whatnot, or you, did like people no, like I, I mean, because usually if, a lot
0: of times I did, and a lot of times I just took you know I put people in events that I thought were uh, yeah you know plus EV, plus EV obviously, or yeah. or I or put them in a cash game. I just never won after Scotty won the World Series for me in nineteen ninety eight. I never won. I never won staking a one person ever. You know that's it's supposed, crazy. It's, and I stake good players. I just. You know, um, it's just I don't know. Maybe people that get staked, they put extra pressure on themselves. Me, when people stake me, they're they're getting the ten times the player that if I played my own money. So I
2: I'm the opposite. I play better with my own money because like, I'm fearless. I like I feel like I owe it to my backer to play my A game, which I actually uh, intermittently don't because I'm. So pressured out that I'm not thinking logically in situations.
0: Yeah. And I'm the yeah, and I'm the opposite on my own. If I lose, I don't, When I had money, I didn't give a fuck. But if I'm playing for, and matter of fact, you know, I'm going to talk about that on the podcast this week about like I had an opportunity to play in the five hundred thousand cash game in the poker after. Uh, poker go studio this week and I had the money raised and because a couple people didn't play and it was going to end up being a little bit shorthanded. I backed out because I didn't want to, I knew the game with Rick Solomon straddling every hand. It was going to, you're going to need half a million to sit in the game. And I didn't want to sit with 200,000 and and put people in a spot where I had to play ultra nitty and I couldn't play my game. So, you know, most people would never Ever back out of that spot, you know, where they have a chance to win big money. But I, you know, that's the difference. I'm, I'm I always put my people that stake me in bigger ga- in games in spots where I'm 90 percent sure I'm going to win. I know it's gambling. You're never that good, but you know what? I of course I get my, I make sure I and I put my, I put myself in spots where where people just they don't play, but they just call. You, you want to be in spots where people are calling off, check, call, check, call, like, big amounts of money, but they're never Uh, super aggro, they're never putting you to the test. When you're in games like that, you're never risking a chip, and you're always going to get paid. And those are the games I I, I just like to play in.
2: I wish I I had the the, the option of game selection. So, like, the nearest casino for me is three hours in Cherokee, and I live in Georgia, so I play home games. And all of it's on books. Right, and right, you, right. So I I buy it for cash and I get cash out these people that get on books, they settle up, you know, weeks down the road or whatever, but it's like fake money to them in so many ways.
0: Right. Uh, yep.
2: And uh it it's frustrating too because it's always the same lineup and you're playing against people that basically have an unlimited bankroll and playing no limit, you're you're not going to, you know what right. I'm saying? Well, you're going to get cooler and you you're going to be in t-
0: all you have to do is watch poker go this weekend, Just now, I was watching the five hundred thousand game, and Rick Solomon and be like, raise. He three bet guy four bets it to eighty five thousand. He just sixty five k more. King ten off. You know, flop came. The flop come uh, ace jack six of clubs. The guy had two queens, no club. The guy like bets like thirty at About the pot. Three
2: hundred k. The guy bets like thirty thousand at the pot.
0: And then Rick calls. Guy checks the term. Rick bets like seventy-five, and the guy folds. You know, and that's because Rick doesn't give a shit. You know, he's got unlimited yeah, money. Yeah, he's
2: fucking billionaire. Whatever if you're, he
0: is. if you, that's the thing is when back I always talk, back in two thousand when I had a million cash, and when back in two thousand a million was like ten million a day. Um, right, yeah. It was everybody that stepped up to play me head up. I just. with like 20, 30,000, like 30,000, 25, 30,000 shots head up, I I put them to their test for their bankroll and they just couldn't call. And that's, that's the thing. And no limit, hold them is money is power. And like you said, if you're playing in, in a home game where they're, they got unlimited, that's going to put you in a really negative spot, you know? So yeah, um,
2: it's tough. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, uh, I'm, I'm super result oriented, man. And I just, I can't stand, uh, even if I, I think I, I, I made a uh, you know smart play or whatever to rebet and jam mm. in or you know folding in a spot, it just always drives me nuts because I'm not able to uh, put in thousands of hands because the game runs once a week, you know, right. or twice a week, right. and it's you know I don't have game selection either where I could go to a casino yeah. and uh, pick a soft table or whatnot. So uh, those are things I guess I need to work on because yeah. my A game, I'm a winning player. B I game is it. like a break even.
0: Yeah, no, I believe it. And, uh, no, the, uh, game selection is everything. Trust me, I know. I used to challenge the wor- world head up. I'd jump in any two, hand, three-handed game, and and uh, even when I hadn't played for
2: well, that's a That's fun shit I want to hear about on the podcast. Like, when Barry Greenstein was playing, uh, where, where was he sitting at the win, when he was playing 500K heads-up matches, like I heard versus anyone in the world, Daniel challenged him. Um, I heard it on someone's podcast. Yeah, some I remember stories that. Or some shit. I remember did you, uh, So I, you always, I always heard you were one of the best 08 players. Did you play him any back in the day or y'all didn't, yeah, I, like, were y'all no,
0: I all I probably played a hundred thousand hours of Barry Greenstein, you know, um, Barry, uh, one of Barry's biggest problems, the well, nice guys you'll ever meet is, 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 um, you know, he used to be a D gen and he gave a lot of money to charity when he had it. And he also had, he, he had a sickness and he, did he, bet props real big and Chinese poker real big and mm. then started losing and, uh, you know, and he just couldn't overcome it. And then he never, a lot of people, you know, they never want to make the adjustments to the new uh, when the game starts to evolve. And I think that really hurt yeah. a lot too. Uh, where I, uh, I have always made the adjustments where I try to listen and try and make some kind of adjustments. And I think it's helped me out a lot, kept me winning consistently. So, Anyways, yeah, definitely. I appreciate the call, man. Got to run. Uh, I wish you and your family a very merry Christmas and a happy new year.
2: You be safe. You too, brother. Good luck. Run good. Be safe, man. You got it, man. Take care. But later.
0: Welcome to the mouthpiece, this is Mike?
1: Mike, what's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? Who's this? This. My name is Ron. I'm in uh, College Station, Texas.
0: Ah, cool, man. Nice to meet you, Ron. What's going on, man?
1: Yeah, you too. Oh, I'm actually um, running my little poker room. We got about eight players left, and they're playing PLO. Cool. Reverse button PLO, two hands every, every orbit.
0: Oh, okay. Cool. Cool, man.
1: So that, that's the reason for my call. I wanted to ask you about wraps. Um,
0: wraps, okay. In PLO?
1: Yeah. Okay. Can you give me a little better explanation about what a wrap is and oh. like the ultimate? Okay, rap? a wrap. I reading online. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Like
0: a wrap, call, it's called like a, let's just say 5, 6, 7, 8, 7, 8, 9, 10, 9, 10, Jack, Queen. Okay. And uh, let's say you have 9, 10, Jack, Queen. I, I think it's one of the probably top five hands in PLO. Um, if the flop comes down uh, 8, and a nine, let's just say. Now you have a complete, any 10, jack, or queen gives you a straight. Um, any,
1: so that's, that's four, eight, 12, okay.
0: And then, and then like an eight, or, and then, or and you have a pair, and a nine makes trip nine. So that's a, a pair and a wrap. A complete wrap is if you have nine, 10, jack, queen, and a board comes uh, seven, eight. You now win with a six, a nine, a ten, or a jack. So, uh, so you could
1: have up to like twenty. Yeah, 21, twenty-one. Twenty-one.
0: I think a twenty-one card in PLO is the biggest wrap you could have. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm almost positive you could have 20, 21 cards uh, that make you the nuts. Like, let's just say um, you have eight nine, ten, ace with ace ten of hearts. And the flop comes down six, seven of hearts. Now you win with a five, an eight, a nine, a ten, or a heart. So that's three, six, nine, twelve, plus nine hearts is twenty one outs That's the biggest uh the biggest kind of draw you no, can have in PLO. So um, uh,
2: yeah
1: one other thing too. Um in in a high low. hmm um, under the gun or in the big blind, I'm sorry, in the um, small blind or big blind, do you, I mean, unless you've got a two-way hand, are you recommended any kind of raise there with like a, well, I don't know, like what, an 8, eight I,
0: a... I don't like to give too much of my 08 um, uh, secrets away, but it's very <laughs> important to, uh, to do two things. When you enter from the small blind, big blind, Uh, I limp a lot of big hands because then they raise and they think I I, it's called we call it deception. Um, And I'll raise a lot of my marginal or big hands. So it's very important to to kind of mix it up. Uh, I'm one of the type of people that love limping big hands out of the small blind because then they raise out of the big blind. So let's just say I limp with. Ace, deuce, three, 10, double suited. And now they raise, right? I call. Well now, when the board comes, a queen, a jack, and a four, I'll lead out because it looks like I have like a high hand and I, they don't know that I limp with a massive hand, but I have a gutter ball and I have a backdoor uncounterfeitable low. But when I lead out, and they don't raise on the flop, now basically any card rolls off, I could continue to bet. And then if it comes a low card, I bet. And now the board pairs, I bet. So this puts me in a position to to get away with kind of misrepping my hand, kind of like uh, there's so many secrets to, in deception of making people believe you have one hand when you have another, and when you get there, even when they call and peel one off, then you're in a spot where you, 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 you make the hand. In other words, you, it puts you in spots where you could pick up a lot of pots by just limping big hands in the small blind. It's, it's, it's a very – it's something that n- n- nobody really ever does except for very good players, um, so, uh, you know, but I'll, I'll also, uh, you know, you can't just play one way. I'll raise big hands, you know, I'll limp big hands. I'll, uh, I'll check raise flops, you know, after I raise on, on a board that looks like it doesn't hit me because I'll also raise hands. It's just it's just it's all about just making sure you don't fall into a pattern. As long as you don't fall into a pattern, you're good Thank to go.
1: Awesome, awesome. Hey, I want to tell you, I uh, really enjoyed the uh, the Lane Slack uh, um, um, podcast the other day. It was really good.
0: I appreciate it, man. I
1: heard it. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but uh, I um, appreciate your demeanor. You're you're a great guy and. Appreciate your time,
0: man. Yeah, check out, you know, last week's uh, episode with my friend Tristan. He teaches a lot of poker. Um, if you're, like, really trying to learn, like, GTO and and stuff like that, he uh, he's one of the best teachers there is, and it was a pretty good uh, pretty good uh, podcast last week also, so check it out. All right, my man. Take care. Okay. Have a great night. Thanks for the hey, buddy. call. Yep. You got it.
1: Thank you too. Hey, if you're, ever, if you're ever in Texas, come see us, okay? You got it, buddy.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. All
1: right. Bye-bye.
0: The Mouthpiece Okay It's time for the pick of the week everybody I know you all get excited For the Mike's pick of the week Because I'm so bad We are now 5-10 and 10 on the season Last week's loss Really was Deflating because we never had a chance I mean we took 10.5 The line went to 8 The other team scored 23 and we never had a chance. I mean, Denver had first and goal at the eight-yard line twice, and got zero points twice. They scored a touchdown, or a touchdown and a field goal. They cover. I mean, that's ten more points. They lost by twenty. We we're getting ten and a half, but we didn't get shit. So we are five and ten on the pick of the week. Our two-week winning streak is officially over. And this week has been a really interesting week on the card trying to figure out Yeah, and I've kind of so glad I don't bet this stuff anymore but I try and find usually one I really really like and um it's been uh, a tough uh tough one going going down here so I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals getting nine and a half versus Seattle. Why am I doing this? It's not because Arizona came off, crush a piece of shit Cleveland team last week. I'm doing it because it just doesn't matter this game. If they lose, it's meaningless. As long as they beat Frisco next week, they win the division. If they win this game and lose to Frisco next week, they lose the division. This is basically a meaningless game for Seattle. And so I'm going to go with Arizona plus the nine and a half as my pick of the week. My pick of the week brought to you by mybookie.ag. If you want to gamble, you want to be a D-Gen, they have casino games, regular in-live betting. Anything you want to do, go to MyBookie. Dot AG, promo code mouthpiece up to a two hundred percent deposit bonus. That's my bookie.ag promo code mouthpiece two hundred percent deposit bonus. There's two more weeks left of football. If you guys want to bet, there's where you go. Alrighty. I hope you enjoyed episode thirty of the mouthpiece. And stay tuned, hopefully next week. For episode 31. It is Christmas week. I'm not sure if we're going to have a podcast next week. We did miss Thanksgiving and the people I work with do have families. So hopefully we'll get something out for Christmas week episode 31. If not, join us the following week. I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. We'll see you next week on the mouthpiece.